So, um, so we're in week four of this series that we've been uh, doing together. It's called Shape to Share. And if you're just joining us, it's, it's basically about the big idea is that God has, has uniquely created and called and commissioned you to share your faith in a way that's authentically you. And, and the anchor verse that we've been using is uh, one that we've talked about is usually used when talking about gifts and serving, but we're using it within the context of sharing. So not only are we shaped to serve, we're shaped to share. And so uh, it's this great passage from 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, we've read it, I've read it every week, and I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe we're getting a little tired of, of, of hearing it. Maybe you're getting a little tired of hearing it, so I thought maybe we could say it together. Uh, would, you, would you be willing to do that with me? Kind of be a little interactive this morning. Let's read this verse together, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it says this, God's word for us today. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Amen. Thank y'all. So, so what we're discovering together through this series is, is that when we practice sharing our faith, both as individuals and, and as a church, uh, we're not only sharing the good news of eternal life that's, that's found in and through Christ, we're actually living into the abundant life that, that God promises us and offers us in Christ. And not only that, we're, we're living into that vision uh, that God has given us as a church of sharing life together in Christ. So, so all of that is a part of uh, what happens when we, when we step out in faith and we share it with others. And the reason for that is that's, that's how we're wired. That's how God has uniquely created and called and commissioned us. Uh, it's what God's called and commissioned us to do, and it's who God has created us to be. And so, um, so we're really learning uh, a lot about what that looks like in our life and in our faith. And, and I've shared with you uh, a few times about this book that I've been reading that's really helping me understand this in a deeper way. It's called Contagious Faith. And the, uh, the author, Mark Middleberg, kind of organizes the book around what he calls these five contagious faith styles. And so that's what we've been using to kind of guide our time. Uh, we've talked about uh, the first one, faith building, how uh, some people are just naturally uh, relational and how God uses that to share faith. We've talked about uh, selfless serving, how uh, there are people who are naturally just love to serve. Uh, today, we're going to talk about story sharing. And, and, um, and I'd love for you, if you haven't heard the first two, go back and, and listen to them on YouTube or Facebook and, and just kind of see how they kind of all build on each other. Next week, we're going to talk about reason giving, and then we're going to finish the following week talking about truth telling. Um, but one of the main things that, that kind of is a thread throughout all of these different contagious faith styles is that when we're practicing these different styles, not only are we learning and growing uh, in our understanding of ourselves, we're also learning and growing in our understanding of who God is and who Jesus is. Uh, we're helping, it's helping us grow in God's grace, and it also helps us to become more like Christ. Because one of the foundational things about this, uh, this study is that Jesus, when we think about these contagious faith styles, Jesus is all of these and more, right? Uh, so these styles were central to his life and ministry, and so they should be central to our life and ministry as well as followers of Jesus. 
So we've talked about how Jesus was, was a friendship builder and Jesus was a selfless server. And this week we're going to look at how Jesus was a story sharer. How, how story sharing was a part of his life and ministry. And so it can be a part of our life and ministry as well. One of the things that you see over and over again in the Gospels is that Jesus was a master at story sharing. Jesus told stories all the time. And he told them in a certain way that, that created opportunities for people to, to hear about the kingdom of God. And, and they were both challenged and encouraged to take a step towards God, a, a step of faith, regardless of where they were in life. And that's one of the beautiful things about it. Regardless of their perspective on, on faith or religion or politics or whatever, Jesus told these stories in a way that just engaged everyone and, and caused them to think differently about who God is and, and what God is doing in the world. Think about it for just a minute. Just a few examples of, of Jesus doing this. That, that was kind of the purpose of his parables, right? When Jesus wanted to, uh, wanted to help the, the, the rich or the religious to understand these, these things like grace and, and gifts and generosity, what did he do? He told a story about a, a vineyard or a story about someone giving others uh, talents to take care of, right? Uh, when he wanted people on the margins of society to understand things like faith and forgiveness, he told stories about landowners and, and seed sowers. When Jesus wanted sinners to understand the love of God, he didn't, he didn't impress them with all these uh, you know, deep theological principles. What did he do? He told a story about a son returning to his father's house. Over and over again, Jesus shared these stories. And what all these different stories had in common was that they pointed all of the listeners, both then and now, they pointed to this greater story, the story, right? The story of God's redeeming love in and through his son, Jesus Christ. The story of a sovereign God who sent his son to be the savior in order to bring help and healing and wholeness to people's lives. So that's what story sharing is all about. And so today I want, I want us to dig into that a little bit and, and make it personal for us. And so I, I want to ask you to consider a question, and it's similar to some of the questions I've been asking throughout this series, but, but it has to do specifically with story sharing today. So the question I want you to consider today is, who do you know that's great at sharing their stories? Who are, who, who's someone in your life that, that they can just tell a story? When they tell a story, they have this just un, un, uncanny ability to, to draw people in. Can you think of some folks like that in your life? As I was reflecting on that this week, uh, again, like we've talked about the, the weeks before, just like I've been blessed to know many selfless servers and friendship builders in my life and ministry, I've also been blessed to know some great uh, story sharers, and uh, and I know you'll you'll agree with me that that we can be proud to say there's lots of folks in our fellowship family that are incredible at at telling stories, and and as I share with you the person that I'm going to invite up to the stage in just a minute, I know that many of you will agree that that she is a great story sharer. 
And uh, in just a minute, I'm going to invite up our friend Sean Lee and, and, and Elliot as well to come up and, uh, and share their story with you. Uh, last week after the service was over, we talked about selfless serving. And at the end of the service, uh, I invited us all to pray a prayer together that basically said, uh, basically, God, as, as it would please you, send me someone that I can serve today, right? So, uh, so we prayed that prayer in the service last week, and, and um, it was pretty early after that, maybe one in the afternoon, I got a call from, from, from Sean, and, um, and I missed the call, but I called her back, and, and as soon as she answered the phone, uh, she said, well, you told us to pray that prayer, and I prayed that, we, we prayed that prayer, Elliot and I prayed that prayer, and, um, and we, we, we knew it was going to happen, we didn't think it was going to happen that quick, and, and, and so it just happened right after church, and so she just went right into this amazing story, and as soon as she was done with it, I said, you got to tell that story, and, um, and so she and Elliot both agreed that they would come up and share the story, so I'm going to invite Elliot and Sean Lee to come up here, and, um, and they're going to share a, a little story with you that has to do with last week's lesson, but it illustrates this week's lesson really well when you get to hear this story. So let's, let's uh, see what we did with the microphone. Here we go. Come on up here, Sean and Elliot. I told, I told Elliot that we could have two mics, and he said, no, that's okay. We just need one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said we needed, do we need two mics? And I said, you know, for those of you that know Sean, know that I, there's no need for two mics. <laughs> <laughs> those that don't know Sean, well, I'm surprised, and you will probably by the end of this service. So I will now let her be the expert storyteller that she is. No, I'm going to ask you questions as well. So. Um, so last Sunday, like Trey said, we said that little prayer, and I really focused on that prayer because when, we, when he called out the first Sunday all the different, like, faith styles, like, that was, like, third or fourth for me. Um, I don't feel like I'm unselfish, but I think I'm better at building friendships. I think he is definitely, um, that's his gift, that selfless mm. um, servant. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday after we left, I really prayed that prayer hard. And it was weird because we, we have a routine after church, but we kind of were out of our routine last Sunday. And so we were at the grocery store later than we normally would. Wouldn't you say it was a little later than our normal time? Um, so... As we're coming into the grocery store, this little lady, she's just sitting there, and she's scanning the parking lot. And I was like, hey, are you okay? Can you find your car? I've lost my car before. Do you have a little beeper to click it? She said, no, I've lost my husband. I said, oh, don't you hate when they drop you off, and then you can't find him? You're just standing here. It's so awkward. She said, well, he dropped me off 30 minutes ago. He better be looping back around. I said, well, if he doesn't, on our way out, if you're still here, we can help you find your car. She said, he will be in a lot of trouble if I'm still here when y'all leave. So we do our loop. How long were we there? About 30 minutes, okay? And so we head through self-checkout, which, side note, is created by the devil himself. Um, and it sucks all of the Jesus out of you when you go through there on Sundays. Um, I'm trying to give him the barcodes, but I can't concentrate because on the bench in Publix is this lady. So I'm trying to do this and talk to him. I said, Elliot, there's that little lady. And he's trying to scan. I said, Elliot, there's a the little lady. And he tells me, do what you want to do. Go talk to the little lady. <laughs> I said, we've got to help her, Elliot. He said, do what you need to do. Go talk to the little lady. So 
I guess she saw me and maybe didn't really want to talk to me. So she kind of goes off and she's getting back around. She goes out the door and back to like the, what do you call um, the desk where you ask for help. Yeah, that customer service. So I, as she was, go, we were going out, she was coming back in. I said, do you need some help? And she said, I'm fine. I said, okay. So one of the things that Trey said that Sunday was, yes mean yes, no means no. So we're putting the buggy up and having this conversation. I said, she says she's fine. He says, well, maybe she's not fine. I said, I don't know. Trey said yes means yes and no means no. So I'm going with no means no today. And he literally, typically, because I get us in these predicaments, situations, well, like he just married into this, bless his heart. I get us in situations <laughs> that are just something, I don't know. Anyway, he said, you're saying no means no, but I feel like it's a yes. So yeah. um, she comes back out. She said, apparently they can't call Speedway at the uh, customer service. I said, what are you talking about? So her husband had just dropped her off and he was going to go get air in his tires. So we call Speedway. They say, oh yes, he was here 30 minutes ago. I was like, oh my gosh, I've gotten us into like an amber silver alert now or something. I didn't know what to do. So there's two little checkout kids are here and I taught one of them. I said, Spencer, we've got to help this lady because this is part of my sermon today. This is God speaking to us. So now I'm like sharing the whole sermon with these two people. This lady is waiting for her husband. Elliot said, well, what, what, did, what did you do then? Oh, he, meanwhile, is looping the parking lot in 94-degree weather, walking, looking for a Equinox. Chevy Equinox. I don't even know what they were. So he's looping the parking lot. I'm calling Speedway. He was there, and I, so I called across the street at Tiger Mart. Yes, he was there, but now he's gone. And so we, this lady is beginning to panic. I'm beginning to panic. Elliot said, well, let me just drive to Speedway. Meanwhile, my fate kind of kicks in because I'm a friendship builder. I took all of the little kids, Miss Ann, we went and sat on the bench. I now know her life story. She's been married 61 years. I've been to Pearl Harbor. He's a 20-year professor. Elliot is at Speedway looking for the guy. Long story short. This is why I said what I said earlier. This is why I said what I said earlier. You know, as far, she knew this woman's life story <laughs> in five minutes. And uh, so the man was outside, and the funny thing about it was, like, if, you know, if you're a man at a going to the grocery store, right, you know, it's like, I'm going in, I'm coming out. You know, you have a mission, right? <laughs> you know what you're going in there for, and you want to get out of there. Well, then, of course, you know, Sean, and just having come back from church, you know, her eyes are more open than mine were because I was, you know, focused on going and getting what we needed to get and get out. But she saw this. And, but it was funny after, whenever I got back over there, I saw that the man was parked in the parking lot. And so I went and knocked on the door and, or on the window, and he kind of did the typical man thing, you know, like he kind of rolled down and he was like, looked at me like, what are you doing? You know, and it was like, what? and I'm like, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, uh, you know, I think that your, your wife is looking for you. And he kind of acted like, 
okay, well, I've been here. I've been, <laughs> you know, I've been sitting here this whole time. It's kind of like, you know, you don't really realize, like, how long you've been gone trying to get something fixed. You just have that mission to get it fixed. And, and he was just sitting there reading the newspaper like he hadn't been gone any length of time at all. And But I think the sweetest part uh, of it was that the two checkout kids, I don't really know who we even really shared our faith yeah. with. Yeah. Miss Ann and Loyal, the lady, the her husband, are the two checkout kids because the little girl, not the kid I taught, but the little girl said, do you know this is really not normal? Like, normal people don't wait. Like, y'all been here an hour looking for this man. He's gone to Speedway, Tiger Mart. Now you're going to follow him to Firestone to get there. And she said, I really think that y'all possibly are the nicest people I've met in a really long time. Mm. And wow. I said... It's just who we are, kind of. Yeah. And Spencer, my student, he said, yeah, it's just who they are. Mm -hmm. But so I don't really know. It really helped our heart, the checkout kid's heart. Loyal, we followed him. They got their tire fixed at Firestone. But it was just kind of God how it all just played into your sermon um, and that prayer that I prayed um, yeah. at the end when we left. So, yeah. And now it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Loyal, if you ever see them, 81 and 84, they've been married for 61 years. So I love it. That's awesome. Apparently they got something right. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you guys. So, anything else you want to say, yeah, Elliot? Lead us in song. Oh, good, yeah. yeah. Just a few I points. would, but Lee stepped off, so uh -uh. I don't want to have him come back Yeah, up I understand, here. I understand, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all so much. Let's thank them for coming up. Thanks, man. I got it. Yeah. Oh, man, I just I just wanted y'all to hear that. Number one, because, you know, I could stand up here all day and talk about selfless serving, but for you to hear a story about folks that are part of our fellowship family stepping out in faith and serving people in our community, it's just different, isn't it? And and we're all drawn into the story, and we all wanted to hear the story. And, and I love, too, the part of the story where Sean talked about... Um, the other people getting drawn into the story, physically drawn into the story. They, were, they became characters in the story, uh, the, the kids at the checkout and the people in the parking lot. And that's the power of, of stories. And I love uh, just the great insight that they brought up too, that uh, we got to see all the different, different ways to share. We, there was friendship building, there was serving, there was storytelling. I mean, it, it all works together. And, and so our lives tell these deep truths in ways that are uh, so much more powerful than just sitting there and listening to, to somebody like me uh, tell you about them, right? So, so I, I love that. And so I just, Elliot and Sean, thank you for sharing that story. I think it just perfectly illustrates uh, what we're talking about today and how powerful it is and how important it is for us to, to share those stories of God working and moving in our lives. I've, I've mentioned this so many times, but, uh, I think it bears mentioning again today that, that we live in this culture where people have become skeptical about religion and, and institutions and things like that. And, and, um, and sometimes we just see the, the negative stuff, right? I'm sure like me, you, you read posts and articles all the time where people are sharing uh, you know, their opinions and perspectives on things. And now there are so many different places where people, uh, even Christians, right, have very public disagreements and, and divisions about issues and even issues of faith. But, but the truth is that, that people, the truth is that people can really, we as people can argue about anything. But, but one thing that's really difficult to argue with is 
is a life that's been touched and a life that's been transformed uh, by the love of God. And so, so that's why story sharing, I think, is, is so important, maybe, maybe more important than ever. Uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite Michael W. Smith songs. It says, for the world to know the truth, there can be no greater proof than to live the life, right? And, and, and to share our stories. In, in the book, Contagious Faith, the author says, we live in a culture that increasingly values experience. As a result, many people today are not asking whether something is true, but whether it works. Many of our friends are not so concerned with the logic or evidence related to our beliefs, but whether or not those beliefs make a difference in our lives, right? Now, now the truth of the gospel is important, but for the world to know the truth, there can be no greater proof than for us to live the life, right? In other words, the proof is in the pudding. Even, even more than people want our faith to make sense, they want to know that our faith makes a difference in our lives and in our world. And, mo and most of the time, the way that we clearly communicate that is through our stories. So if you think about it, it's, it's a unique time uh, for us to share this beautiful mystery of, of how lives are transformed by the love of Christ. And we do that through story sharing. And today I want us to look into the Gospels uh, to see a specific story. There's a story in the Gospel of John where Jesus has this experience with a man who had been born blind. And it's interesting to see all the dynamics in this story. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, even the disciples, they, they, they kind of pick it apart. They pick this experience apart. They try to make sense of it based on their own perspectives and their own uh, you know, belief systems. And, and it actually causes this kind of a commotion in the community, Jesus healing this man. Uh, but, but the thing I want you to see, the detail that stuck out the most to me this week that I want to lift up is when, when this man, this man born blind, is questioned about it, it creates an opportunity for him to practice this contagious faith style of, of story sharing. So, so with that in mind, I want you to hear this, God's word for us today. This is John chapter 9. I'm going to start with verse 1, and it says this. As he went along, he, Jesus, saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened that the works of God might be displayed in him. I love that. The works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it's day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. I'm going to stop right there for just a minute. So, so just some context. All this happened on the Sabbath, right? It happened on a Sunday, and... Um, and that was significant because one of the things you need to know about Jesus' life and ministry is Jesus was having these run-ins with the religious folks because he was breaking down these barriers and he was breaking, breaking some of the rules that the religious leaders had constructed. And so they'd already had a few run-ins about this idea of the Sabbath. And so, so that kind of explains what happens next. I want to pick back up at verse 16. And it says this, Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner 
perform such signs. So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. And, and then some other things happened. Uh, if you've read the story, you know that they bring the man's parents in. And they ask them to give a testimony. And they're so afraid of the Pharisees and the religious leaders. They're afraid of getting kicked out of the synagogue. So they won't really even answer. They basically kind of point it back to the, the son. They said, he's old enough to speak for himself. Why don't you ask him? And so they question this man born blind one more time. And this is where it happens. This is the part I really want you to hear. Verse 24. A second time they summon the man born blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And he replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. See, the man born blind is given this opportunity to speak, to share what he believes and and he doesn't preach a sermon he doesn't even try to give an explanation instead he simply shares his experience he he tells his story he refused to be drawn into these disagreements and divisions among the people and he simply says that's my story and I'm sticking to it and in doing so he gives glory to God and points people to Jesus See, that's the essence of today's contagious faith style of story sharing. In this culture of division and disagreement that we live in, both in the world and in the church, I think what we need now, maybe more than ever, are these stories of life change and transformation. We need to be reminded that our faith is not simply about concepts and ideas, that our faith is flesh and blood, real people with real encounters with the risen Savior. That Jesus is still God with us, that Jesus is still moving in ways to help bring help and healing and wholeness to those who trust him and who are willing to follow him. So church... The message today is we need to share those stories with the people that God places in our lives. Amen? John, in one of his letters to the church, that same John who wrote the Gospel of John, he testifies to this powerful truth in the letter that he writes. The, the very beginning of 1 John, it says this. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, which our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father 
and with his son, Jesus Christ. See, the, the good news is that we don't have to understand all the ins and outs of our faith. We don't have to articulate every theological principle of our faith with perfection. We don't even have to be able to answer all of the difficult questions about our faith. We simply have to be willing to share the difference that our faith makes and has made and is making in our lives and in the lives of those around us. So, so with that in mind, just like, just like weeks past, I want to close this morning by by inviting us to explore what this contagious faith style might look like in our lives and in our relationships with God and with one another. The book uh, has, has these really practical steps that they share at the end of each chapter that I want to just lift up to you today again. It's called Key Skills for Every Christian. And, and the most important thing that I think you need to remember today about this idea of story sharing is that whether you realize it or not, you have a story to tell. You have a story to share. Your story may not be like the man born blind, but one of the great quotes from the book that I want to share with you today, it says, every changed life is a miracle. Think about that for just a second. Every changed life is a miracle. Your story may not be dramatic, but if God has changed your life, that's a miracle, and you need to share it. So, so the number one key skill for this week is to simply tell your story. And the book says, tell it in 3D. It has three Ds that it shares on how we can tell our story. You know I love the alliteration, right? So um, the three Ds are these, discovery, decision, and difference. I want to just briefly hit each one of those. The first D is discovery. It says, when did you first discover your need for God? For some of us, that was a, an event a point in time for some of us it was more gradual maybe you grew up in church and and just you gradually began to see more and more your need for God um, what what did discovery look like for you and, and what discoveries have you made about God on your spiritual journey that have helped you grow in grace and grow in your trust in Jesus Christ that brings me to the second D decision what decisions have you made based on that discovery of need for God what about the ultimate decision to follow Christ, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior? And, and how has that decision and all of those other decisions affected uh, your life? How has that decision affected all the other decisions in your life? That's the third and final one, which is difference. What difference has your relationship with Christ made in your life, in your relationships, in your path, in your career, in the way that you parent? How how has that decision to follow Christ made a difference in your life? So, so when you're thinking about sharing your story, this, this might be a helpful little outline for you. When you don't know what to say, just remember the three Ds. Discovery, decision, and difference. That's number one. One of the things you need to always remember, though, especially with these meaningful conversations with others, especially around the topic of faith, is that uh, story sharing often starts not with us talking but with us listening right that's so important uh, listening to other people's stories listen to what other people have to say that's the difference between simply storytelling and story sharing Sim and typically this path of story sh sharing starts with the second skill which is being able to ask good questions one of the things you learn about uh, Jesus from the gospels that Jesus was a master at asking good questions right 
Uh, in fact, Jesus asked more questions than he made statements because he, he invited people into this deeper place that challenged them to take a leap of faith. Um, think about, so I just share, I want to share a few examples with you today. Think about the power of Jesus asking these powerful questions. Do you remember these? Jesus said to his disciples, who do you say that I am? And then he let them answer. Jesus asked the crowds, what are you looking for? Jesus asked this powerful question that, that I have to be reminded of all the time. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? One of the powerful things about Jesus when he was with people was he had the, this, this ability to ask simple questions with powerful implications. Simple questions, powerful application and implication that that's the third and final one is is this simply when you're sharing your story make it relatable um, it reminds me of what i learned a long time ago with what they call the kiss method right keep it simple stupid uh, sometimes we try to make it more complicated than we need to so i need to be reminded to keep it simple and i think that's true especially when we're sharing our story jesus always spoke the language of the people and his message was always out of this world but it was always uh, he had a had a way that he shared it that it was so down to earth right he shared about um he would share about everyday things like trees and crops and fish because he was talking to farmers and and fishermen so he, he said it in ways that related to the people that he was talking to so, so in the same way, when we're sharing our stories, we don't need to try to impress people with our big words. We don't, we don't always have to use insider language, Christianese, right? We simply share our heart. And when we share from our heart, our heart connects to the heart of the person that we're sharing with, right? So the bottom line is, is this. You need to be confident in your story because it's your story. And because it's your story, you can be honest about your story. Don't try to downplay it and, or don't try to play it up to make it more exciting. It's your story and you can be honest with your story and be simple when you're sharing your story. And when the time is right, be sure to connect your story to their story and both of your stories to God's story. Because the Bible tells us that, it, that the good news of Jesus Christ, the story of the gospel, is the power of God to bring salvation for all who believe. So I want to give God's word the final word today. The final encouragement is this, 1 Peter 3.15. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give you the reason for the hope that you have. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to be in worship together today. God, thank you for the stories that have been shared. And God, I pray that all that we have done and said today has pointed us in the direction of your story, your story of redemption and salvation through your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to go from this place today um, to be reminded of how our story has been impacted by your story so that as we share stories with others, that, that they might come to know you in a deeper, more life-changing way so that your story becomes a part of their story as well. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. So as Lee and Megan lead us in this final song today, the altars are open if you'd like to come and pray um, or you can stay in your seat. However you wanna just use these last few minutes, just allow God to speak to your heart and and respond in whatever way God's calling to you, calling you to. So let's stand as we sing.